Let us pray briefly once again. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your living word that comes to nourish and nurture us in these times that we are in. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we're not alone and that you seek to offer us a message today. So may it be yours and not mine. In your name I pray. Amen. It has been a rough week in the Memphis community. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night, Wednesday nights, Thursday morning, with two dominant thoughts on my mind. One was this burning desire to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness. And another was Jesus' own words, where he says, I have overcome the world. Now, the first thought of renouncing the spiritual forces of wickedness comes from our profession of faith. When a person joins the church, or for the first time when they're joining a church, they profess faith, which leads to baptism, which potentially leads to uh, joining the church. In that profession of faith, there's a question that is asked that I, as a pastor, or Andy, or one of the pastors, ask the person. On behalf of the church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world. I don't know about you, but I just felt a need and desire to do that then and still now. The other comes from a passage in John 16, verse 33. One chapter past today's scripture text, where Jesus says, and Here on earth you will have many trials, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus was preparing his disciples for his departure, and he wanted them to be equipped. He wanted them to be ready. He wanted them to be able to face the challenges and trials of which the days would bring for them. And so he said, this is the whole verse. I want you to hear the whole verse. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. Here on earth you face many trials, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Amid the storms of life, in a dark and fallen world, inner peace is only possible through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The disciples would now, and for the rest of their life, or as Jesus soon departs, would have to rely on everything that Jesus had taught them. And so do we. I've relied a lot on Jesus this past week. How about you? Today's scripture speaks to this connection. So I invite you to join me as we look at the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Please follow me on your own Bibles or your devices. I'll be reading from the New International Version this morning. Online, hope you'll join us too as we read our scripture together. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain 
in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in him or her, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he or she is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. The Word of God for us, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Over and over in the New Testament, we hear this imagery. We learn that Israel is often referred to as the vine. The vine had really become the symbol of Israel, of the nation of Israel. But if we know much about the history of Israel, we know that the vine began to run a little wild. So Jesus says, I am the vine. In other words, just because you are Jewish doesn't save you. The only thing that will save you is to have an intimate, living relationship with me. In other words, faith in Christ is the way to God's salvation. Now these vines that are talked about are grown all over Palestine. The plants need a great deal of attention if it's to produce its best fruit. The preparation of the soil is necessary. It's essential. Drastic pruning is also necessary. These vines had two branches. They were interconnected together. You couldn't really separate the two of them. One produced fruit and one did not. And it's this latter branch that was often the one that resulted in being pruned. The secret life of Jesus was his constant contact with God. Jesus was always going to a solitary place to meet God, always spending time with God, always finding those moments to pray and speak and be in conversation and communication with God. We have to be deliberate and arrange our own life accordingly. In other words, prepare the soil, or maybe I should say prepare the soul of our hearts and our life. That's what we've been doing these past five weeks. Remember the different varieties that we went over of radical hospitality, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, passionate worship, and extravagant generosity? Today, this month, in this series, Remain in Me, is our response. What is our response? It's one of stewardship. It's one of seeking and receiving the blessings that God has given us, but desiring to respond accordingly. We've been through a lot with our past campaigns. 
you have been very generous, and we've talked about them a lot. So we're approaching stewardship a little different this year. With our theme of remain in me, and not just talking about our financial resources, but our lives, and what the connection to our life is, and what our response of stewardship is more than our financial resources, but our lives and our actions, and I hope the boards in the back begin to share with you some ways we can be engaged in those. In other words, we're focusing on our connection to Christ, but we're offering you an invitation for more. That's where the scripture of John 15, I'm the vine, Jesus said, and you are the branches. So here's really the question that I believe we as a church are faced with. What does it mean for the church? What does it mean for Emmanuel to live as the branches of Christ, the vine? What does it mean for Emmanuel to live as the branches of Christ, the vine? Big word that comes to my mind is community. Community is what we've seen a lot this week. It's that interwoven relationship. It's hard to determine on a vine where one branch start, stops and another starts. The branches seem to encircle each other completely, support each other, hold each other up, grow together. There's no freestanding branch. There's no freestanding individual. And the fruit... It comes from the connection to the vine. Each individual is rooted in Christ and connected to the vine of Christ himself. Thus, we give up our individual status and we become one of many encircling branches. Let me see if I can illustrate this connection with you in another way. Anybody have a cell phone? Anybody not have a cell phone? Don't get them out. Maybe you're looking at it now, so they caught you. So if you are, think about it. Did you see the big reveal that Apple had this week? Each year they come out with their big reveal, the new gadgets, right? So the new cell phone, the iPhone 14. Anybody ordered it? So you don't, you don't have to say it. But Emergency satellite, a better battery, a better camera, et cetera, et cetera. All these features. All these gadgets, it's exciting, it looks invigorating, sure. But what do you really want in a phone? What's the most important thing that you're concerned about in a phone? Texting is that, but come on, parents or others. What, what do you really want in a phone? What's the big deal? The ability to connect. The ability to connect. The reliability, the coverage that you can continue on the conversation, right? I hate, I, I don't like... When you're talking on the phone and your call drops. Nobody sounds like they're on the other end, right? You, you've been there, and maybe they are, and they just don't want you to think they're on the other end. But truly, you're speaking, and you realize, and you look down, oh my goodness, how long have I been talking, and nobody's been hearing me? Can you hear me now, as the commercial used to be? Cell phones are wonderful. We become dependent on them, but when they don't work... We become frustrated, upset. Why? Because we lose our connection. 
The same is true in our connection with God. As long as we stay connected, we feel God's presence. But when something happens in our life, something happens in our community, we begin to drop these connections. Things get mixed up. We get confused. We get anxious. We get unsettled. That's okay. It happens sometimes. But what we need to remember is the core message of today's scripture. Stay connected. Stay connected. Remain in me as I remain in you. Abide in me, Christ says, as I abide in you. To stay connected to God, to stay connected to friends, to stay connected to family. How do we do that? I guess cell phones are nice. Texting's good. Many other ways in which we can share in these family and friend plans that are promoted. Letters are nice. Social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or however else we use to reconnect, to view pictures, to see what somebody had for dinner last night, <laughs> to look at favorite quotes or such or whatever is shared. But let not these means substitute for greeting and being with people in person. Make plans to meet your friends. Make plans to nurture relationships stay connected the same is true with staying connected with their family right we'll get around to it when i get this done we'll get to it we'll go see them how often do we wait till sadness happens till we get together with family we must take advantage of those little moments those little opportunities to be with each other and the same is true in our relationship with God. Connecting with God is a matter of time and priority. I wonder what it would be like if we could text God. We could email God. We could call God on the phone. Would we talk more often? Would we call Him on the way to work or on the way home from work? What would the rates be? <laughs> the thing is, we don't have to use technology. We don't have to worry about our calls being dropped. We don't have to look down to see if our conversation with God is still connected and going on. But we spend so much less time with God than we do with others. A few suggestions that may, can help us strengthen this connection with God. I shared these with our church council training in July. And remind us all of them today. I think one of the most important is worship. Worship is in context with other people. I love being in nature and there's, there's a wonder of, of, of looking and experiencing God's beauty. But alone, we're missing something. It's hard for us to keep up any kind of worship life without others. I've had an opportunity to go to several monasteries through the years, and it's fascinating. The monks don't speak to each other during the day, but they don't fail to be together four or five or six times a day in worship. It's crucial. It's vital. Each of us needs a group with which we can connect. I admit it doesn't have to be 
on Sunday, but it needs to be often. And once a week is a good practice, maybe twice a week. Sunday's already set up for that. Wednesday is set up for that. Our worship together is important. Why? Because it puts God first. Now, I think you might say, well, of course it puts God first. It, that's obvious. But the fact is, is there's very little in our culture, very little that promotes putting God first. It's more about putting ourselves first and our own needs first. When we come together in God's name, when we read the word of God, when we sing the hymns, when we hear the choir sing, our heart is stirred and it reminds us that the world is not about us. It reminds us who we are and whose we are. It reminds us of God's presence that is connecting with us. Worship feeds us. We're fed spiritually when we hear the Bible read and explained. When we sing the hymns and we're inspired by its words or the music. When we see the visual symbols of faith and we worship with others who are also on this journey of faith and the pilgrimage that it brings. Worship prepares us for the outside world and brings breath to our souls. Worship's a great way that we can stay connected to God. And there's one part of worship that we often celebrate once a month, and maybe we could do more, but it's communion. There's something special, there's something significant, there's something personal and meaningful and intimate when we share the bread of life together and the cup of salvation together. And we recognize God's presence in the midst of it. That's why it's called a sacrament. A third way we stay connected to God is through prayer. You know that. We understand that. It's a time to talk and listen to God anytime and any place. May we take time to pray, not just when we need something. And a fourth way is to read His Word. When we're lost, when we need encouragement, when we need direction, when we need hope and comfort, the Bible offers to us a conversation that many have had with God that we get insight to, that we begin to learn through their own experiences, and we begin to hear through their own highs and their own lows of where God was and how God was available and is also available to us. When we stay connected to God, when we stay connected to family and friends, we begin to see, to see the results of the seeds that have been planted the beautiful flowers, the beautiful fruits that is produced that we enjoy together. Because our friends and our family and God reminds us that we are there when we need them and we can be there for others when they need us and help us through these stressful, demanding, trying times, giving us direction and meaning. But we have to make an effort. We have to make it a priority to nurture these relationships. And if we don't, you know what happens to them? They wither. They wither. A withered vine is good for nothing. Even the wood from these vines is too soft to produce or be effective in any way. They're thrown in a bonfire and burned up. If we don't nurture our relationship with friends and family and God, these relationships become useless 
and useless leads to destruction. Not of them necessarily, but of us. We more easily fall in temptation. We venture into the unknown or unhealthy areas that cause damage to ourselves and our spirits. Staying connected is the lifeblood that keeps us and the vine alive. Staying connected is the lifeblood that keeps us and the vine, the community, alive. It takes a constant and a reliable source that's well beyond our own ability. <coughs> that's something that no cell phone or no technology will ever be able to give us. But God is. So let's take the time. Let's make Him a priority. And our connections with our friends and our family will be unlimited. And the beauty that this connection produces will be plentiful. There's two questions that I think each of us need to answer this morning. Two questions that I think lead us into this month ahead. First, are we connected to the vine? Are you connected to the vine? Is the life of Christ flowing through you? And the second question is this. If we're connected to the vine, if we're joined with Christ, then what fruit are you producing? What fruit, as a result of that connection, are you producing? May we seek to reaffirm, re-engage, reconnect with the one true source of God Himself that nourishes us, nurtures us, calms us, convicts us, leads us, that we may be faithful and fruitful in the days ahead, no matter what we face. Gracious and holy Lord, thank you for your um, nourishment. Thank you for taking us where we are and what we face and what we feel. Lord, thank you that we don't have to rely on ourselves. But we have a constant source that offers us a gracious way to face the future unafraid and to be faithful in who you have enabled us to be to see the beauty of what is produced. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.